Quiet, please. You're listening to Birdies and Bogies, hosted by Jordan Bloxham and Weston Mon, bringing you golf's week in review, recapping your favorite tournaments with professional insight from their perspective. Now, quiet, please. Here's your hosts, Jordan and Weston. Weston, how are you this evening? Well, oh, I'm for me, it's good. For me right now, it's early morning. Oh, uh, boy. Yeah. In Georgia for a, a Fujikura event. So that's awesome. Yeah. It's been, we've been, got in Sunday, uh, played Great Waters at Reynolds Plantation today. Um, it's actually held a host of the PGA Tour event, which I didn't remember until I was talking with one of the guys when we were done, done playing about it, but solid Jack Nicklaus design. I mean, solid. They had us playing really far up. <laughs> it was, it was playing up. It was probably like we were playing a PGA, LPGA Tour event. <laughs> um, but that being said, I played like crud. <laughs> oh no! Still got to hit. Still got to hit it in the fairway. Still got to hit it solid to to score. But no fun. It's always. I mean, Georgia, North Carolina is the golf here is just awesome, right? Today oh, the weather was really it was really really good. It's supposed to rain all day tomorrow, but. We play 36 tomorrow here, so we'll give an update next week on that. Um, but what about you? Any any golf for you? I know that yours is limited these days. When you get out, it's usually... I actually, I got to event. sneak out today. Yeah, I played, no. uh, played in a scramble event at Riverside, and... Uh, I found my game again. It was pretty cool. Um, it lost me for a little bit and then decided to come back. And I had some really good swing thoughts today. Um, absolutely piping it. I was smoking the driver today and uh, they had a couple long drive contests out there. I won two of three and uh, one of them was on number seven, that nice par five with the water in front of the green. Yeah, and uh, I had about a buck eighty in on that one, so it was a good drive. It was like three thirty, three thirty-five, and then on number thirteen, par five, the first par five on the back, um, it was playing a little up. It was like four eighty-six, mm-hmm. um, but I had one hundred and twenty-five yards in, so that was uh, that was some good stuff. So hitting the driver great, um, hitting my irons pretty good. And I was making putts from all over the place. The greens there are so pure. Yeah, they're so, pretty good. They did know. just, uh, I wonder who they're going to replace because they did just lose their uh, longtime superintendent. Yeah. So we'll see. Their superintendent went to... up to Salt Lake Country Club. And yeah. uh, I think they got somebody from Hobble Creek, actually. So. Hmm good little gig and uh yeah yeah. i think they're gonna still continue to have a good course but yeah they they punched the greens and you wouldn't even know it Uh, they were just rolling so true well and they do it a little bit different than a lot of the courses do it there they they do it early they do it right after the utah open the end of august yeah so that it just has it gives the grass and the greens time to grow right oh, yeah. and the reason that uh eric their their former superintendent why he did it is poanda doesn't grow when it's hot so he's trying to just choke that out yeah when he when he did it and so he's done a, he's done a really good job at that and so it's kind of kind of cool and hopefully 
said, whoever comes in just makes that uh, a staple and keeps those those good. So, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm great. I feel like I'm playing golf again, and I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully, I can find that because it's it's not great right now. So, but I think figured something out. I was talking with a buddy of mine who's who's here and he's just he was he saw something in in my swing. So hopefully it's something really simple and it's something that I <clears throat> could feel that I was doing but didn't had to kind of verify it, I guess, is having it verified makes it a difference. So Yeah. <clears throat> But we'll we'll find out when we get out there tomorrow. Who knows? It could just be a wet, sloppy mess, <clears throat> and it's just about about getting it getting around the the course. So who knows? But speaking of, um, I don't know wet wet and sloppy. I don't think anything was wet and sloppy out on any of the <laughs> courses, but. Um, couple breakups i guess so holding it together yeah a couple of big 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 news caddy changes caddy splits uh jt pretty big name um justin thomas he splits with his previous caddy who was his previous caddy didn't i wasn't sure um i'm not sure either like they've been together for a little bit but i don't think he was like obviously if you're caddy for one of the top players on tour you're a good caddy but i just think him and jim mckay have had a pretty good relationship especially as of late i think mckay actually caddied for where did he caddy for jt he caddied for him in a major i think or something or something yeah fairly he recently filled in for something <clears throat> Yeah, and I think it went well. I guess. Yeah, well, the the quote from Bones was like, "He's like, I love my job. He's like, I love Caddy, and he's like, but it's it's Justin Thomas. He's like, I, he's like, so I said yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the guys averaged like what four or five million on tour every year yeah. for like the last five years, so. Um, that's a pretty good dude to be caddying for. Um, you might not have to actually do anything, and he's <laughs> gonna do amazing. Yeah, but uh, I mean, he's gonna bring a lot of value to the bag. Oh, I think he will. I think. I mean, I think this is this is a move that will help JT. You know, get a couple of more wins a year. So. Yeah, but I mean, Bones is phenomenal. <laughs> Um, he was on Mickelson's bag for decades and um, had an opportunity to do something new and did that. And now he's back on the bag and probably where he belongs. But um, yeah, excited for JT. I think that's going to be good things to come. Yeah, not a bad, not a bad move for either of them. And then the other caddy changes, Bubba Watson. Uh, yeah. Splits with his caddy. Teddy, um, who they've been on together for 15 years. Um, and I don't know, I don't, I didn't, like I said, I didn't read much up on any of them uh, going into it, into this weekend, obviously, uh, was getting ready and I'm trying to even remember what I did Saturday, but I was traveling all day Sunday. Um, and so didn't, <clears throat> didn't get to do it. Oh, my youngest son went to homecoming so i was dealing with that all all of saturday <laughs> so so that's what i did did saturday so i didn't read much up on it but i don't know did they say why they why they split or was it just kind of a mutual thing and they're like hey we're gonna yeah they didn't give any reason as to why and a lot of times people want to keep business private you know whether they just didn't want to work together anymore or 
whether the caddy was quitting or the the player was firing the caddy like none of none of those scenarios like look good on any right nobody wants the bad press right so like literally every single time this happens uh we've mutually decided to go our separate ways like that's how they just totally you know put out the fire right but somebody has got to start somewhere you know it's right. just like any relationship it's you it's not me it's it's me it's not you it's you know there's all kinds of stuff and sometimes people are just burnt out and they're like hey man good run i just want to spend time with my kids i'm out yeah. and the, 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 sometimes that happens so i don't know uh but again all always as always these updates are just super uh unexciting and very um very news friendly <laughs> right right and it's it was it was like okay we we you know we talked and it's like said they've teamed 12 pga tour wins two met two masters titles <clears throat> you know and so but he hasn't won in, in since 2018 so yeah right and it could just be like okay we need to do something else it's whether well, it's for both of them right yeah and it and it kind of is really yeah. interesting to think about this because here here we have you know some scenarios where it's all player driven and they're incredible and it doesn't really matter what caddy they have and then some players are like oh i need a new caddy like they actually believe that's an element of their equipment that they need to change and it's going to provide the edge that they need to be better um it's funny to see both sides of that yeah and it's and it could be you know you never know whether they just got their friendship got so close at some point that they're like you know he's ted scott's like i can't like I can't say things that I would say to if he was just my boss or I was working for him to help him get better mm. or, or same thing with, you know, vice versa, but uh, it's kind of, kind of crazy. You know, it's one of those ones where eventually you figured it would happen, but you didn't know if it ever happened just because of how their relationship was, but it's kind of crazy. Yeah. I I agree. So it is not to see those things happen. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's weird. Just like with anything, with work and friendships and things, you're you're gonna develop a relationship, and to not be working with that person anymore, it's gonna be kind of hard for some of those guys. But I'm sure. I'm sure there's players out there in the same position looking for a new caddy and they're just going to swap caddies. So, well, I guess is Ted Scott, but obviously he's a good caddy, right? You don't stick with somebody yeah. for 15 years and, and get the results that you did without being a good caddy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, who knows? Maybe he'll pick up or maybe he's just like, hey, I'm done. I'm done traveling. I've, I've did what I've did what I've done. I'm proud of it. I'm just going to hang up the shoes and then who knows, maybe it'll be just like Makai and come, come back at some point. Although Bones was doing other stuff that he was traveling for too. So that yeah. probably wasn't quite as. He, he's a pretty funny dude. Um, Bubba's old caddy. And so yeah. I've seen his stuff on Instagram. He may be getting picked up to do something entertaining. So yeah. who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows what he's going to do? Um, but yeah, seems like a pretty good guy. Wish him well. And who knows? Maybe this will spark a little resurgence in, in Bubba's game <laughs> and get him back in, in the winter circle. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, speaking of that, there's a couple other tournaments. Obviously, it's kind of a slow time of year um besides the the lpga which will be wrapping up here i think next week week after i think there's a lot of uh 
players in this week's field of the shop, right? That were vying for position to try and get into the top 70 to get into the, 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 for their, their tour championship, whatever, (laughs) whatever they call it. Um, But let's see if we can find their schedule. So yeah, it's the Founders Cup um, this next week. So let's see, yeah, Founders Cup. Yeah, so that's not till November, but there was a lot of players that are trying to get into that top 70. So they've still got quite a few of, I mean, quite a few. They've got one, two, like four events and two of those are overseas. But Selene Boudier comes from way back to get the win this week. Um, her, she shoot in the 54 hole event um, shoot 63 in the final day to nip Brooke Henderson, <clears throat> Jin Young Ko, who only shot 69, Envy Park, who they were both tied, and who also shot 69. Uh, but her and Brooke Henderson both fire really low rounds. It was looks like it was out there, um, obviously. Uh, but just like anything else, it's, it's hard to win when you're in the lead. Um, it's not the easiest thing to, to do, to get it, get it done. And so coming from behind and when there's low rounds out there, it, it makes it easy for those, those players to come from behind and, and squeak out wins. But I believe this is, this might be Celine's Boudier's first LPGA tour win, hmm. but I could be wrong. Like I said, don't pay attention to that quite enough. You should probably. She may have won before. There's nothing that's oh her second title right there in the the banner on the, the LPGA Tour website. Um, but other than that, Danny Willett gets back in the winner's circle at the yeah. Alfred Ben Hill Links Championship, um, trying to make his kind of comeback complete. Yeah, this is this is actually pretty cool uh, because, and I kind of piece this together. You'll never find this in a story written out, but I was listening to a podcast talking about uh, his coach and Chris Como, okay. and he he actually somebody asked him the question, you know what? What, what did you learn? Like, what's a, a regret of yours or something like that? And he had mentioned that he was upset that he had tried to change one of his students' games um, into, um, into something that was more technically correct. And, right. And it actually was detrimental to his game. And he never said who it was, but I, I was looking that will it swing like very closely and he's a toe striker like just like freddie like freddie kind of strikes it on the toe a little bit and he um he got him to start um peering it and it just messed with his game like he he just didn't swing that way he needed to hit it out on the toe and he if you watch his swing now they actually moved back to that and he's now uh, a toast striker again and it's just how he swings and how he hits it and it's not too far right. off but it's it's a little bit toey and right. he's back on track it's it's a really interesting phenomenon but he just grew up playing that way and now he, he's doing it again and i mean to win any tournament you've got to be on firing on all cylinders and to see him do what he did it shows that yeah. he's actually yeah. made progress and getting back to where he was yeah, he. I mean, did he come? I can't. I can't remember whether he was going to look up the scores because I was just all he was doing is right as I'm doing stuff of this weekend, just trying to to keep up on on what was going on, and 
you have to come from behind. Can't remember. Um, mm, no, I think he was in the lead. Is I mean, he he nips Terrell Hatton, Shane Lowry, Richard Bland, um, but looks like he was in the lead. Yeah, I'm just a solid Eight, golf. Yep, eighteen under through four rounds and just gets it done. But I think that is that his that's his is that his first win in a while or did he win an earlier one this year? I can't remember. Like I said, it all starts to run together, but with guys like that, I just I think he did. I think he actually won earlier in the year to kind of get back at it. But like you're saying it's 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 interesting to see some of these guys get back when they go, when they kind of move back to more what they did, right? You see, you've seen it with um, Jordan Speed, right? When he's kind of, yeah. when he kind of went back to more what got him there. Yeah. He's, he's starting to perform better, kind of focusing on those things. So it's, it's an, it's an interesting um, kind of dynamic that way. So, yeah, no, it's it's good to see players go back their old form and just that, that that's the really interesting thing is you, there's a reason a lot of these players get on tour and it's because they figured out the game on their own and they're doing it a certain way and they're playing incredibly well. And then kind of when you get all those resources, you're like, hey, do I do this different or do I do I do this now or Tiger does that? Do I do that? Or you start to look at all these options that people have used to get better. And it's like, do I do that now? And it really wasn't part of the recipe for them getting to the tour. And yeah. and I, and we've seen this where people start to change that recipe and they just don't get the same results and they go back to what they were and turns out that's what worked for them and yeah. it's uh it's pretty crazy to see that because i know a lot of people have tried to copy the tiger recipe but that's just what tiger needed right and he's, he's and, completely different right you've got right tiger had just laser focus like and there's not mm-hmm. a lot of guys that can do exactly what he did but you know at the same time you could and this is what it's it's funny to watch players do some things where you're like, yeah, you can learn from somebody, right? Kind of, okay, yeah, this is what this is what they're doing. Is that going to work for me, or do I have to do I have to modify it and do certain things? But I think, like I said, a lot of these guys they try to do something and then they're like oh you know i need to get need to get better at this because you know that's what i'm missing and it's like then they lose their entire kind of identity of what got them there yeah yeah i i say maintain your recipe but use data to find out where you lack so if you're like last place in in uh, fairways and regulation like whatever you do to get better, focus on those things. But yeah. But other than that, like it's your game, man. You got to the tour for a reason. <laughs> there's always, like you said, there's always things that you can do better, and you can always try to that. But you trying to go away. I think a lot of the times these players they try to go so far in one direction to get better that they actually forget what it was kind of their kind of their staple right their foundation for what what got them there so yeah I know. but um another cool thing and if i'm reading this correctly the alfred dunhill links championship a pretty special tournament actually yeah um it's it's the only tournament played annually on St. Andrews. Yes. Um, yes. As well as a couple other links courses. 
Yeah, there's a couple Lynx courses, and I believe they do it as I think it's a pro am as well. If I'm yeah. if I recall right, right. So it's like, but it's like the it's kind of the European Tours version of of the Pebble Beach tournament. I was just gonna say that <laughs> it's so you get you'll get some guys from over here, but it's a lot of the times it's it's uh like celebrities from the uk right it's not yeah. just worldwide but it's kind of that specific so yeah you get a win you get a walk up 18 at, at st andrews to to finish it off so kind of a cool little tournament that they they put together and they usually have quite a few bigger names i don't think they had quite as many this year um as they have in in the past but yeah still still some pretty high profile players playing. oh yeah no it's it's pretty awesome and i think there was a pretty touching moment there where um um i think there was a father-son duo yeah at one point yeah yeah, yeah. it's Billy Horschel and his dad. Yeah, I think they've had that a couple of times. And then maybe it was just Horschel, but where they they play that way. And he, I think one year they almost won the father son duo won the or his dad. Like he was rooting for his dad. And I think it was like two years ago, I think it was. I can't remember who it was, but he was like he's like, I wouldn't even care if I win. He's like, if my dad could win that, but we could win that side of it, that would be <laughs> like the best thing ever. Yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah. So moving back over to the states and somewhere closer to to home in Mesquite, Nevada, they had the World Long Drive Championship, and oh um, yeah, and. Bryson DeChambeau makes his way over from or wakes his way down there from winning the Ryder Cup to the World yeah. Long Drive Championships and you know does yeah it, I'd say respectable right it's Gets definitely respectable um, um, I mean there is a couple caveats to this um, one with COVID restrictions not every great long driver in the world could go. So uh, some of the Europeans weren't able to attend. Um, but still, I, I guess from the, the stats that they looked at, this is probably the fastest crowd they've had, like, ever. Uh, oh, yeah. When they were able to clock their swing speed. So everybody's been training and, uh, and just gunning for speed. And I think this tournament really showcased that that's exactly where yeah. they're getting. And he's you swinging. You watch the pretty much the whole thing and like Berkshire's is just nuts isn't he like topping in like 150 160 it's like ridiculous where he's getting yeah. right now so yeah so Berkshire he he can get up to 150 plus mile per hour swing speed which means he's translating that to about 220 225 mile per hour ball speeds um which is just incredible incredible what was so interesting to watch about this tournament though if you if you get the chance it's all on youtube and you can go back and look but there were some serious headwinds on some of these and the format was pretty cool so you get four long drivers to go at once and you have i think it's like one minute to hit six balls so there's incredibly fast pace and you got to bust out six shots and you got to find the grid and when you're swinging that hard like man if there's a breeze in your face your your shots go off flying really quick and then secondly um some of the they were driving at like 325 and i was like whoa they're swinging that fast they're only hitting 325 yards it's because the headwind they had Mm -hmm. was like in double digits easy like 20 mile per hour headwinds yeah and they're still hitting it 300 plus yards so 
that was pretty crazy to watch. There was a couple moments where they had some downwind stuff, but um, ultimately it was just a, a round robin of groups where you had to get into the top eight to get into the round of 32. So they had four groups and Bryson actually won several of his heats and right. you win a heat by just having the most or the longest drive during that um, against your four competitors. And so he got into um, the championship and then, um, and then qualified into the top 16, and I think made it to the top eight. So, uh, yeah, for a guy, he, went to, he went to the um, quarterfinals, I believe. Yeah. So top eight. Yeah. And yeah, he, I mean, he was incredibly competitive. He was hitting a couple 400 yard drives. I think his longest was like 417. Right. But he was putting them out there and he was competing and for a guy that's obviously been chasing speed um was nowhere near the size of some of these other guys that were like oh. six foot four 235 pounds just built rock solid and dechambeau's like six foot one you know 190 <laughs> maybe it was a little bit heavier but he he just looked so puny compared to some of these long drivers um but he had speed and he was going after it so um incredibly good showing and it was actually you know entertaining and i thought hey why not bring another aspect this is good that bryson's bringing people like even myself to watch a long drive contest that i probably normally wouldn't have watched and uh so i thought it was good yeah it's it's, it's kind of kind of crazy and you know, there's things, you know, is DeChambeau going to be, you know, going to make the long drive thing popular again? And these guys, I mean, obviously, now it's it's picking up a little bit of steam because, you know, people chasing chasing that speed, chasing that distance. Um, but I mean, Berkshire has been really good about kind of building up his Mm -hmm. his, his social media presence and, and doing some stuff like that so it'll be interesting to see see where it goes from here and and those guys just absolutely mash and they've kind of changed i mean obviously he's changed how that whole thing works right he was one of the first ever to kind of create similar to what dechambeau does a little bit where he's he's trying to be in kind of perpetual motion to lead to that, mm -hmm. that speed. So, well, I thought it was great for the game. I thought he was um, really good spirited about it. And ultimately uh, Kyle Berkshire won. Um, they got down to a final and his winning swing was like 225 ball speed, 155 swing speed, just perfect numbers, perfect launch. And it went 422, carried 411, had 10 yards a roll. So that tells you just, I mean, how far those guys are flying it. Oh, if they could somehow, but I mean, when you're swinging that hard, it, it's going to be hard to get the spin down, which is why a lot of the time they, they, um, you know, they're playing four, you know, four to six degree drivers when they, oh, do they are. try to get that, that down, which, then again, right? You the flatter your club, flatter your club, the less control you're going to have over it. So, for them to hit it, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, there was a couple different strategies going on, and I don't know Kyle specifically and how it applied to him winning, but some players had very low um, CPM measured shafts. Some of them were in like the 190 because they wanted that thing to whip around yeah. and. They, they weren't the ones winning the long drive, but they were definitely like some of those guys were pound per pound, the longest driver out there. And uh, it was yeah, all just, how they timed it and they whipped it and it was effective. Yeah, you get it there. And I mean, obviously you're going to get some squirrely, <laughs> squirrely shots yep. when you're, when you're doing that and relying solely on, on the timing of the, of the swing to be just absolutely perfect um, and not really worried about dispersion so much as, as much as just 
the speed chasing. But no, yeah, you can see how it goes um, and how it moves forward. And with it being as close as it is, man, we should should get down there and watch <laughs> watch it. Yeah, I would have liked to get down there, but um, yeah, it was it was pretty cool to see that. I think next year there'll be a little bit more um, a little bit more uh, emphasis, and I think it'll probably find some TV time on one of the sports channels. Yeah, they used to they used to actually do it which is funny that this year that they didn't when you got probably the, you know one of the yeah bigger names to to compete in it um yeah down there sure. so um but let's get into the the meat of it we did have a, a pga tour event yeah. anderson farms um was oh and where did they i'm trying to isn't that Mississippi in Mississippi? Or, yeah, yes, Mississippi. In Mississippi. And, Mississippi. Um, yeah, Sam Burns. 22 under. This kid can can play, right? And this is something that if I think he would have had another year, he probably would have been one that would have been qualifying for the Ryder Cup. This is the second PGA Tour win. Mm. Um his overall stats. I'm trying to see what his, because uh, from what I recall, he drives the ball really, really well. Well, um, his final round, he was putting on a clinic, um, and he he was high 170s, low 180s ball speed off the driver. Yeah. When you're in that range on the PGA Tour, you're in the top in regards to distance. And he was just finding every stinking fairway on his final round. It was impressive. So it looks like, I mean, even there, that's crazy. Cause he was for the week, he was, he was losing a half a stroke putting. Yeah. So he was getting it done other places, obviously. Um, yeah. So it just looks like short game stuff overall is going to be his, his uh his downfall <laughs> um so if he can get that well there's a couple of them right and the, i was actually hoping after when i saw that will zalatoris was leading after two rounds i was hoping that he would be able to hold it together but had a real struggle in his third round and um so wasn't able to to compete after that obviously gets shoots four under on the, the last day uh, mm-hmm. but i don't know it's sam burns great driver of the ball you know has a lot of lot of tools that i think he can he can make it big i think he could be one of those guys and and i think i sent it to you in a in an instagram post but just his progression um, as far as um, yeah, it's world golf ranking over the years, it's really climbed. Golf. Yeah, so sounds like he was on tour in 2018, so kind of creeped up from 165 to 110 in the, in a year, and then kind of fell back down to 190 in April of 2020, and has just been. A steady climb up to now he's inside the top 20 at 18 in the official world golf golf rankings after after this tour win so you know who knows yeah. two more years he could be one of those guys helping the u.s win the the Ryder cup and yeah i mean very very realistically could see him this next year in the president's cup uh, yeah I mean, he's definitely doing everything he needs to. Um, yeah, quality golf and kind of a come from behind victory. There was other people leading the tournament when he started yeah. his final round, but uh, played solid golf to get ahead of everybody. Yeah, because he was. Yeah, because he was behind. It was uh, leading going in was Sahith. <laughs> 
Tagala, I think is how you say his name. Um, but yeah, he dropped, he only shot one under. Um, so there was a bunch of guys that dropped out. Cameron Young stayed in the same spot, but, you know, I guess the only show is Sam Burns. So Sam Burns was tied for second yep. at that point. So just kind of gets up there. Nick, Nick Watney tries to come back, but there were some scores out there to be had, but he got it. He got it done. And it was actually, I think he had a pretty good, yeah, he had a stretch there on the back that he was, that he played really well. And then um, didn't even have to made bogey on 18. So had himself a, a cushion going into it, which is, yeah, which is, uh, which is always nice. Um, it was, it was pretty stellar. Um, and just, I think the real highlight was his driver and there's some pretty cool stuff about it and we'll kind of get into the details, but, um, yeah, he was, he was absolutely piping it and he was confident with it too. Just hitting it, carrying it 300, just hitting bombs. Yeah. He's, he definitely drives the ball really well. And if he can kind of get some other things to, to fall in place, but yeah, let's kind of go into that. And you've got, you got a lot of specs on his driver. So it looks like you took yeah. some time to, to dive in quite a bit. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, I mean, we've got a full what's in the bag of Callaway, just top to bottom. But right. I do just want to focus on two aspects, his driver and his forward. So his driver um, is 10.3 degrees. So he wants to get it up in the air. He wants to get a good launch. He's got it with a Ventus Blue 7X. Actually, it's a, yeah, I believe it's a TX. Um, and so it's even, uh, it's pretty beefy, but he goes after it. So it lines up really good. And then um, what what's ideal for him, his stock spin rate off the driver is 2,600 to 2,700 RPMs, which for most people say that's pretty high. Um, his draw ideal draw spin, uh, spin rate is 2,500 to 2,600. So just about hundred RPMs less. Right. And, um, the reason for this is as long as he finds the fairway, he's going to get some major role because it's the PJ tour. They right. Berman fast, bake them. If you fly at 270, you're get you're a 300 yard driver on tour just bottom yeah. line yeah and so for this guy he he can get the ball speeds to fly at 300 so he's going to be hitting at 325 330 and right. um when you have that extra spin rate it makes it a whole lot easier to hit those fairways yeah which is which is crazy right you think well no you're going to reduce you know you've got to have the right thing and, and he may launch it actually a little bit lower especially with his 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 setup with with how he's you know sets up everything else but he may just be getting something that you know he's that it kind of starts out with a little bit lower launch and then gets that little bit of spin but it's just a really consistent you know fairway finder i would it's hard to say that when you've got the guy that drives it and hits it as hard as he does <laughs> too serious to a fairway finder but you know that's yeah. what that's about to do so yeah and like to me that's crazy i wish i played pj tour fairways because it would be a whole lot harder or easier to hit it as far <laughs> but um you know i i played today and in one of my fairways i got um two feet of roll because the ball straight plugged right in the fairway <laughs> and popped out a mud ball so yeah. uh, they definitely have ideal conditions and if you're hitting fairways you're getting a ton of roll and that's 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 obvious to see how they're setting up their driver you know when they're just 200 200 rpm shy of 3000 and they're yeah. finding that that's my ideal fi fairway finder spin rate like that's insane 
Yeah, with guys with that ball speed, right, you usually want it down a little bit. But, I mean, you're playing it for here, right? You, or in Utah, you're not, yeah. you're not like you did. You're getting two feet of roll. They, the superintendents love their water. They love their, their green, <laughs> soft yeah. fairways, um, which I think once you got over the initial, especially at these clubs, right? after you got over the initial um, kind of backlash of it being a little firmer and, you know, maybe not being quite as green, mm-hmm. as soon as you get those 50-year-olds out there hitting it about 20 yards further where they probably <laughs> are closer to where they say they are anyway, right? I hit it 270. Well, when you really I actually only hit it 245, <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, see that all the time, but you're just, you know, it, they would see a benefit of having a club and a half, you know, or less, you know, club and a half or more less into the green. So it's like, why yeah. would you not want something like that to, to, to pad the ego at the same same time plus the wear and tear right you get out there in carts and then if the grass is firm you're right there's there's, there's going to do more damage to the to the course if it's wet than if it's firm yeah so, i mean there's there's definitely benefits besides just hitting the ball further but I yeah. wish they would realize a little bit more so well, and, and this is what's interesting about his setup, continuing on to his, his forward. So we see he likes a little bit extra spin in the driver. He's up 10 degrees with a Ventus Blue, which is kind of a, a mid-kick shaft out of the Ventus line. Mm-hmm. And his forward is a Ventus Black. So he shifts from kind of this mid-kick to more of a higher kick, lower spinning type of a, um, a shaft. And he's got that set at 15.5. Right. And uh, that's a neat setup for a four wood. So it's a 17 degree wood, but you you tilt it forward. And it really removes a lot of the drag underneath by well, two degrees. <laughs> so, uh, or at least a degree and a half in his case. So yeah. 15.5. Um, and uh yeah, just a different shaft. So it, it's neat to see the tools being catered to what he wants to get out of it. And yeah. um, with as long as he is, he doesn't need this fairway wood to actually go and hit greens. He needs it as like, oh, I hit it too far. I need to hit a fairway wood yeah. instead. And that's really how this guy's built. Yeah, and that's probably what he does. He's probably like, okay, this is for this is an off the tee club so i'm going to get something you know and when you do that usually when you you know turn that down obviously you're getting some some better things there but he just wants it there and he might actually like the the look um of the the forward just because it will be a little bit uh smaller so maybe maybe some of that too but um everything else is pretty stock through his his set you know the apex tcb that's becoming just a staple in these guys' bags um for guys who play callaway so other than that nothing nothing crazy pretty straightforward he's got he's got a very traditional three wedge setup some people call it four wedges, but he's got a 46 degree, a 50 degree, a 55 and a 60, pretty evenly placed, different grinds. Yeah. I mean, just a solid bag. It's just really dialed for what he wants to get out of it. And um, clearly it is what's working. Yeah, it's working for him. Yeah, so the only thing that I really see in there is like I said, he's, he's been a couple of them to, right? He's been one stronger take take off some bounce and then he's been a 58 eight a little bit more which is a guy that you know these guys usually have that 60 degree that has 
not a lot of bounce, but he's actually added a, a few more degrees of bounce, taking it from a 58 to a 60. So, yeah, interesting, interesting stuff. But, um, you got any parting words? Because I really want to <laughs> get this done and, <laughs> and and hit the sack since I have to be yeah. up nope. and ready to go here. No parting words, just uh, don't give up on the game. It's hard. I've had those days. It happened to me two weeks ago. (laughs) And uh, just plow through it, man. Just know that there's better days ahead and keep trying, keep practicing, keep it up. Hey, was that directed directly at me? (laughs) Hey, could Um, be. It was. Could be. In fact, it's every golfer. (laughs) it, It is every golfer. Like, I literally came off the course today and i'm like i am two rounds away from quitting this game (laughs) Um, as as they say if you don't try to quit golf at least once in a round do you even play golf yeah no joke (laughs) um but yeah it's i will never quit like that it's just it's it's part of who who i am as a person um and what i do and i enjoy it as even as frustrating it is so yes don't ever give up and just try to enjoy it more because I think that'll help you <laughs> play play better golf anyway if you don't get get so frustrated because it'll oh, yeah you'll you'll find it sooner or later or you'll find your golf and you know some of that could be just reducing expectations on on what your round of golf should be so well but until then listeners thanks for listening and until next time we're out thanks for listening to this episode of birdies and bogeys if you enjoyed what you heard please subscribe leave us a rating and review and until next time have a great week